Good morning. Good morning. I had the privilege of getting a phone call at night from our district superintendent, Reverend Sandrine, and this is a letter that she would like me to read to you and for those who are also at home. So I'm gonna, if you have read your email, then you know what this is. So I'm gonna read it through all the way to the end. So it says here, this is from the South District California Pacific Conference. From the desk of Reverend Sandra Oldstrick Superintendent, Bishop Dari Escobedo Frank, our resident bishop. February 16, 2024. Imelda Mina, SPRC lead of North Coast United Methodist Church. And it goes on to say, Dear Imelda and members of the North Coast UMC, on behalf of Bishop Dari Scooby-Doo-Frank and her cabinet, I share with you that after deep prayer and consultation, it is Bishop Scooby-Doo-Frank's intent to appoint the Reverend Michael Andrew, in parenthesis, Drew Davis, as pastor at Temecula UMC, as of July 1st, 2024. Reverend Drew was discerned for this appointment because he brings gifts of pastoral care and proclamation, commitment to the leadership of lady, a passion for community engagement, and sound administrative skills. I know you're grateful for the ways he has brought those gifts to North Coast UMC, guiding and partnering with you in ministry this 6.5 years. I will be in conversation with your leadership team and Reverend too about the qualities of pastoral leadership you feel would be helpful as you move forward. On behalf of our bishop, I thank you for your faithfulness as a congregation over many years. I am excited to see what the next season of ministry will bring to, for, and through your community as you go from strength to strength in partnership with the pastor that will be appointed to serve you beginning this summer. In this season of transition, I know you will both celebrate Drew's ministry among you and continue to pray for him and his family as you all move through the season of change. In ministry together, signed Reverend Sandra K. Allwine, District Superintendent. Amelda, thank you for reading that letter. Many of you got that Friday. Uh, at that same timing, there was a lot of timed response with all this as that announcement had to be made to both North Coast United Methodist Church and Temecula United Methodist Church at the same time. I want you to know where that this has been an extended time of discernment. A lot of this has happened extraordinarily very quickly as well. I have had a great deal of time to pray over this opportunity. My wife and I have had many months to discuss what does this mean for North Coast United Methodist Church, what would this mean for Temecula, and what does this mean for the four people that dwell at our house in Escondido? And within all that discernment, there was a lot of conversations that we shared, and a lot of that conversation is important for, to me that you hear. The first thing that we all agreed in our house is we do not have the desire or longing to run away from Oceanside. We love you. 
I have loved this church since July 1st, 2018. And unlike other pastors, I had the blessing of loving this church for months even before that as an interim pastor when Pastor Harris got hurt and sick and needed someone to care for the flock while that she was healing. Little did any of us know that that time of care and comforting would be, lead into a time of shepherding. What a great six years that this has been for me. So what I need you to hear is, at no point in these conversations, either in our household, nor with the district superintendent, nor with anyone in the conference, did I say, get me out of North Coast. But within blessings, and even when that you love a community, and for our younger friends in here, this is where children's time starts. Um, this is going to become the children's message. As you all grow up, you're going to have passions that build in your life. And those passions are going to guide you to places that you never, ever thought that you would go. There's going to be something that comes into your life that will give you meaning, whether that it's soccer or magic or or even some people are professional video gamers. You never know what passion is going to open a door for you. And for me, I've had a passion in my life that has existed for a long time, even before I came here. And that passion has been advocacy for the LGBTQIA plus community. And in our conversation, that passion became why I made the decision. One day you're going to pick a college or one day you're going to figure out where you're going to live as a grown-up at your job. If you can find a place that you can go that feeds your passion, even though that friends are going to be sad when that you move, when you lead into your passion is when the Holy Spirit fills your soul and it makes everything okay for what's next. So I want you friends to live your lives that you find your passion because one day you're going to be almost 49 years old and you're going to have to make a decision. And if you can say, my passion is fed by this, it makes it easier to say yes, even though that you're going to be really sad in other places too. Now to the grown-ups. I don't want to repeat anything that I just said because it works for y'all too. I love each and every person at this church. All of you have fed me as this was my first solo appointment as a pastor. You bared with me with some foolish questions. You suffered under some no's, and you pushed me to explain those no's. And through explaining those no's, we opened avenues of conversation that helped us all grow in that moment. I had a blessing this moment, this morning, of having a conversation of celebrating how even in our moments of differences, our willingness to communicate still created a bond. So I'm excited. We have four months together, and there's so much that we can do in the next four months. What I hope that we do in the next four months will enable the next pastor of North Coast United Methodist Church to walk into the same fostering environment that I did, but in such a way that everyone is thirsty to experience your passions. Thank you. Now, I also want to answer another question because the response back, well, Pastor Drew, I heard your passion. And we made that vote in 2019. And we let you have your flag in the sanctuary. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Because that shows your willingness to experience and grow in new things. And I hope that you do the same for the next pastor. When you're willing to experience and grow in new passions and new endeavors, it will open doors that we've never fathomed before. I want to share with you another thing that has made this decision very easy for me to make. And I celebrate you in the next statement that I make. There's two times in our journey here that we have had the opportunity to be in conversation. 
And those conversations have opened doors that we could have never fathomed. The first conversation I just shared with you. Throughout the year of 2019, we discussed what it meant to be a reconciling ministry. And even through that journey, within conversations of disagreement, we reached a place that created a common vote to be welcoming even within our differences. But it took a conversation and a journey, the Bible studies and everything that we had to lead to that point. The videos that I showed you from the then Bishop Grant Hagia that explained all the many different varying paths. It's the communication that was important for those moments. And now we move into this year, and we made a very big decision at the end of last year. We made a very big decision to shift our leadership structure into a one-board government governance that actually makes it more possible for the community to communicate with each other in one setting instead of having one thing at one meeting and one thing at another meeting and one thing at another. And then our dear friends that are in those meetings forgetting which meeting that was shared in. We now actually have a more streamlined source of communication that will be crucial in the preparation process of whomsoever will follow me. That streamlined communication process will also assist Amelda and the, the staffing specialists because they will be in conversations with the district superintendent. And they're going to share the passions and the desires of what they would like to see for who's next. But within those conversations, they need to be in conversation with you. And that streamlined desire of communication, having that one centralized place that all, all the information is being shared, we don't lose things within the communication because everything has been streamlined and focused so that communication will take place. One of the things that I wrestled with in making this decision was the fact that this is a new board and it's, it's in its infancy stages. So what, how does that happen? Well, that's where we become blessed with the next four months. We begin to set the structure in place, even though the concrete may not solidify. We tighten the structure in such a way that that communication continues to flow in a very specific way. This journey, I have not just seen change in me. I have seen change in you. And that is important. So I have another gift for you. I just realized I just spoke for about 15 minutes. There's your sermon for today. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Jen, jump straight to the jump straight to the uh, communion when we get to the sermon part. That was a sermon today. I want you to see and celebrate what this is. This is I'm going to miss you. It is. And it is the blessed potential of what's next. I've watched you communicate and grow to what's next. I've watched some step back so others can step forward. And that's what's next. And as we grow through all of this, it's important that even our youngest friends all the way up to our oldest know I am blessed because you have played with me, attempted with me, explored with me, and most importantly, communicated with me how things can be, should be, or might be. Thank you. Are there any prayer requests today? <laughs> yes. Amen. Any other prayers? I, I, it's good to get praise prayers. Any other? Please do. <laughs>
Thank you. Thank you. Any other prayers? Gracious and loving God, we thank you for your spirit, your presence, your love. Be with us in this time of centering music. Guide us, Lord. Amen. Thank you. 
into the house of the Lord. Can we offer up to you sacrifices of thanksgiving? Can we offer up to you sacrifices of joy? Can we offer up to you the sacrifices of can we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy? Call to worship. Watch it. On this day, we remember signs of the past, but also promises for the future. On this day, we move closer to the cross, closer to death, closer to resurrection, closer to Christ. Morning has broken like the first morning. Blackbird has broken like the first bird. Praise for the singing. Praise for the morning. Praise for the spring. Fresh from our world. Mine is the sunlight, mine is the morning, born of the one light, mean and soft play. Praise with elation, praise every morning. Of the new day. Please be seated. <clears throat> prayer time with the Lord's Prayer. Loving God. We lift up our souls and search for your promised presence. Reveal yourself to us this day in mighty mountains, in brilliant rainbows, in journeys long past and journeys ahead, in challenging scriptures, in meaningful prayers, in repentance and forgiveness, in love and grace. Guide us on the Lenten journey toward the darkness of death and the hope of resurrection. In the name of the risen Christ, we pray. Amen. And now for the prayer that our Father has taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And hear these words of assurance. Christ carries our sins on the wings of God's love and grace. What God has put to death, let us now put to death. In the name of Christ, we are forgiven. In the name of God, we are alive in the spirit. And the scripture reading this morning is from Genesis chapter 9, 8 to 17. And God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you 
and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth. I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is a sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on the earth. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Y'all zipped through so quickly. This is the time that I would normally stand up to preach. <laughs> and far be it from a pastor to work so hard all week long and not show off their work. <laughs> I do want to extend our conversation a little bit further. And today's scripture is going to be a really good way to do that. I want you to sit within yourself for a moment and I want you to pray about what ark you are in. What vessel are you sailing on that is carrying you to the places God is desiring you to be? Noah had a unique situation. He was asked to do something that everyone else around him thought was a harebrained scheme and was wondering, what are you doing question his senility, his thought process through it all. There was a journey taking place that no one else understood except for Noah who received the call. I want you to think for a moment about what ark you are in. What callings are you receiving? What journeys are you being called to go on that others may not understand? But as I shared in our earlier message, and as I shared to the kids today, the passion of your heart is raging with such fire you need to go that way. I want you to think about that question today. I want to celebrate some things with you as we go through this. I have talked to you about my loves for so many things over the years, except for one. I truly, truly enjoy stand-up comedy. Not to the extent that I would ever fathom that I could do it. But I greatly admire what stand-up comedians do because within their platform, they probably give some of the more currently accurate sermons than I ever could. With different voices, different points of view, different demeanors, different lifestyles, different understandings, individuals standing up to share with others a message, and they bring with them their life journeys, they bring with them their world understandings, their passions to stir laughter in others. As we look at the arcs we travel in, I want you to pray about what voice stirs you in your interaction with your ark. 
I want to share with you three comedians that I love. I want to share with you their world understandings. And as I share with you their world understandings, I want us to pray through how that understanding affects the ark we travel in. How it excuses information. How it fires passion for inspiration. How it inspires us in so many ways. I'm going to share with you three very different and unique individuals and to share with you how their journey and their art still opens a potential for the greater world and may connect with the ark that we're traveling in. I grew up a big fan of David Letterman and Saturday Night Live when I was a younger kid. And one comedy duo that showed up on Letterman a lot, as well as SNL, was Penn and Teller. Magician comedians that do so many things. They actually still have a TV show on the CW network uh, trying to get other comedians to try to uh, trick them with their tricks. And if they can figure it out, they lose. And if the magicians trick them, they win. But one comedian that I greatly admire is Penn Jillette because Penn Jillette has a passion for something in his life. He has an understanding of a worldview in his life. And within his life and through that passion and that worldview, he goes out and he can articulate what he's feeling, why he's upset with things, and be able to spark conversations even with those who disagree with them because of his willingness to live within his understanding. He has a set understanding of things, which is one of the first arcs that we travel in. And some of the arcs that we travel in, we get into these arcs with set understandings. And we're hoping that we go through our arc journey and get to the other side and experience the rainbow in the sky, the covenant in the sky within that set understanding. Pendulette brings within to his world an atheistic view. And I have always enjoyed hearing Pendulette defend his worldwide stance because it has always challenged me to look at the world through a different set of eyes. It's easy for me to look at the eyes through my faith, my understanding, my perceptions. But every time that I've heard Pendulette speak on a podcast or share in a, in a speech somewhere, Gretchen and I had the opportunity last year to go to Las Vegas and watch their magic show. The first and probably only time that I've ever will be or have gone to Las Vegas. But there is something that I deeply admire about an individual, even though that his view of religion is so radically different than mine, is his willingness to read and explore and learn and discover new things, even though at the end of the day, he may be looking for it in his vision. I'll share with you that that does not only exist within an atheistic journey. I've watched so many times within the journey of my dear siblings in faith that we enter journeys and we step into that journey with a set ideal. And it is our hope when we get into that journey of a set ideal, we get to the other side, we see the rainbow covenant, and we hope that that rainbow covenant serves as a mirror of what we have always understood so that we can feel good about ourselves at the end of that journey. And that is admirable. Faith should help us find freedom within ourselves and freedom within our identity. But unfortunately, throughout journeys that I've seen, I've watched set ideals hold so much of a precedent that others are not heard in the process. Some of us get into our arcs of set ideals and we get to the other side of the covenant. But what does that covenant open if we only want it to look like 
ourselves. I want to share with you another gentleman. This man's name is Pete Holmes, and he's a comedian that I deeply admire. There's this phrase that exists within the realm of faith and Christianity. It's called Christian deconstruction. And what Christian deconstruction is, is this active act to tear down everything that we've ever been taught so that we can get back to the foundation of what we believe in. And then when we get back to the point of that foundation, then we can reconstruct the house that our faith dwells in. Not so much like the first ark, that we reconstruct the ark within our image and our understanding, but to truly deconstruct things in such a way that we do not see the God that we're looking for. We discover a limitless God that is trying to display itself to us. Most of Pete Holmes' comedy is about him trying to reconcile growing up in a very specific religious journey and then working through that religious journey to a point that he can say, you know what? Yeah, once upon the time, the pastor told me that this is wrong, but I see God's face in this now. I like his journey. When I went on my renewal leave, I read a lot of his articles and his journeys and watched a TV show that he's a part of called Crashing. And that TV show displayed his journey of being a person of immense set faith, so much like the first arc that I shared with you, but through the willingness of tearing down the structures to the pure foundation of it all, a willingness to say, you know, it wasn't that way before, but I truly see Christ in this now. I feel this arc is the one that I have been traveling through the most. The willingness of truly seeing faith for what it could be, not the fear of making God upset that I had as a teenager, but truly being willing to look at the world in the eyes and to see the being of Christ in places that I once was told was dark and wrong. But to be able to say, I will not limit my limitless God by telling God what's wrong. I want to be in the ark that leads me to a covenant that God is displaying to me the wholeness of possibility of going into what Christ shared in Matthew 28 as into all nations. Some of us are in that ark. Last night, I got to go on a date. And on my date last night, my wife and I went to go see Taylor Tomlinson. Now, if you watch uh, Netflix, she's got three different specials on Netflix. If you watch Late night television, she's the host of this television show called After Midnight. It's sort of a blended comedy, improvisation, interview, uh, game show sort of deal thing. And last night, we went to go see Taylor Tomlinson. And Taylor's journey is a lot like Pete's journey. But instead of trying to rip things down to a foundation that she understands, her comedy, her arc that she travels in, wants to tear it all the way down and smash the foundation up and turn it back into sand and then remix it into water and make it a new concrete to create a new foundation. And there is a lot about that that I admire. Because within that, well, let's go back to the first arc. The first arc, we carry a set ideal all the way to the conclusion, the Pendulette arc. The second arc, the Peak Holmes arc, almost becomes this desire of going back to a romanticized memory of the way things could be or should have been. And I want to go back to that romanticized memory and make it to fit in the new places. And then we get to this place with Taylor Tomlinson that she's not trying to get back anywhere. 
She's trying to have this place that she creates a new foundation. Rooted in beliefs and structure, but a new foundation to stand on. And the more times that I have said this morning, a new foundation, I think about the actions of Jesus Christ as he talked about to the religious leaders during his time of ministry. Jesus Christ's mission was always tearing down completely and removing things and shifting things into new sands and constructing a new foundation to stand on. Not going back to the principles or what were along with respecting them, but creating a new foundation to stand on. And all last night, we listened to her comedy, and I was challenged last night. I had a hard time last night. I laughed a lot, but I was challenged. Because we have to be willing, in the name of holy potential, to break things all the way down to its minute particles so that we can create a sustainable foundation. And that sustainable foundation does not exist in a set ideal. That sustainable foundation does not exist within us trying to go back to a romanticized memory. That foundation exists in us being willing to crack everything down, including the foundation, so that God can rebuild the foundation and to give us something sturdy to stand upon. So within the explanations of these journeys, these arcs, I want you to pray. Is your arc set within the set ideal? Is your arc set within a romanticized memory? Or is your arc set in a willingness to tear things completely apart so that God can make a new foundation to stand on. We've got four months. And four months is a long time. Some of you are going to ask, is he gone yet? (laughs) That's how long four months is going to feel. But I want you to take whatever arc that you're on and to grow in that ark. I hope that we get to this ark. An ark that's so willing for things to be so radically different that we are willing to try things. To share that, I'm going to share with you not just probably my favorite comedian, but probably one of my personal heroes. It's a man named Kevin Smith who wrote a lot of movies that I hope you don't like, especially if you don't like curse words. (laughs) But Kevin Smith is a person that took chances within his entire life, including running up credit card bills to astronomical things so that he could make his first movie that began to be a payoff that he was able to pay off. There's a phrase that he shared once on one of the podcasts that he does, and this phrase has set in my heart for so long, and I want it to set in your heart as you dissect what arc you're on. In a phrase that he shared once, he phrased the words, in a world of whys, be a why not. In a world of whys, be a why not. And I've held that a lot because I've had to. I've had to deal with trying to be a why not as I have dealt with my history of set ideals. I've had to deal with being a why not as I've dealt with my journey of trying to get back to romanticized moments of belief. And I have to be a why not. And we have to be a why not. Because we need God to create a new foundation for us to stand on. Because if we keep reconstructing our foundation on what we understand, there will be people 
that are left behind. There's another phrasing that exists within Kevin Smith's life that I would like for you to hold on to. Because there's so many times, especially as pastors, that we hear this phrase, well, Pastor Harris would have never said that. Billy Graham probably wouldn't have made that statement. We exist in worlds that we see another's ideal, and if we chase other ideals, that doesn't work either. There was a time that Kevin Smith's dad, Donald, was interviewed at the beginning of his career, and he was asked, who do you think Kevin Smith is? Who do you, what kind of director do you want Kevin Smith to be? And he, Donald's answer was, back to them was very beautiful. He said, I don't want him to become someone else. One day, I want him to become the first Kevin Smith. I want you with me for four months and with whomsoever is next. And I will share with you. Please don't ask me. I'm going to tell you the answer. I don't know. D.S. Sandy doesn't know. Amelda does not know. We don't know who's next. But whoever that be, I don't want you to try to be the next whatever with them. I don't want you to try to make them the next me. Dear Lord, don't make them the next me. But try to be the first you. That's the arc that I want you on. The one that will allow God to tear things all the way down to real rebuild it and to be the one that says, why not? Please be in that. Precious God, today as we move into our time of Holy Communion, we celebrate the why not. Jesus Christ had to completely tear down what was to construct what could be. He used the respect of what was as He prepared what could be. As we look at this all the way to the moment of this communion celebration, Christ celebrated the what was of the Lenten journey of the Passover journey to share this new message. The respect of the unleavened bread. The respect of the imagery of the blood that was painted on the door frames. As Christ existed in the respect of what was, He celebrated the why not. On the night in which Christ gave Himself up for us, He took the bread of the Passover feast. He shared it with those around Him and shared, take, eat. This is My body which is broken for you. As often as you eat it, do it in remembrance of Me. And on that evening, Christ raised up the cup. He rose it up and shared it with those around Him and said, drink from this all of you. This is the cup of My covenant given for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of Me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. That Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Precious God, please surround these gifts of bread and cup and make them be as your body and blood for us. Precious God, please surround us with your Spirit that we may be as the Holy Spirit for those who we encounter, being the vessels and the arcs of why not. Be with us in the day in the celebration of these gifts and these blessings. And in your Son's precious and loving name I pray. Amen. This is your first time here with us today. In the United Methodist Church, we serve an open table. That means all are here and all are welcome, whether that you are in the ark of set ideals, whether that you're in an ark of romanticized memories, or if you are in an ark that's ready to tear things completely down and see what God's going to rebuild. You are welcome to the table. 
Please come forward as you feel led. Thank you. 
Prayer of giving. In gratitude and praise, we remember the many gifts of your creation and of your covenant with us. Accept these gifts that others may find in them, signs of your love and grace. Color them with hope and joy that in our giving and in our living, a brilliant rainbow of love may shine forth. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hunter made some cookies for everybody. So they're over here. Everybody have some cookies. There used to be. I guess that they've been snacked on through, and that's the idea. That kid does a great job baking, man. If you have set ideals, love them. If you have a romanticized memory, grab it. But also be willing to tear it all apart to see something new. And to the world of wise, be a why not. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God is love. Amen. I love that movie. It's my favorite. Yeah. And even and even the bad parts. <laughs> Twenty twenty-seven thousand dollars, all of it on credit cards that he opened fraudulently. <laughs> yeah.